0: Hello, my friends.
1: Hello.
2: Morning, Timothy.
0: Lana and Nigel here again to do it all again in this wonderful world of quarantine lifestyles and the first steps towards words Ready Player One. Should I shouldn't have watched that. <laughs> I should not have watched that movie six weeks ago. (laughs) Yes, I realize everyone there, I should have read the book first, blah, blah, blah. But yes, I did watch the movie. And go, go, that's really funny. That's that's an apocalypse well out of my lifetime. And here we are six weeks later and I'm looking at VR's headsets. So here we go. First step in. How are you two going?
1: <laughs> Better before that 10 <laughs> seconds, I'll never get back.
0: Wow. Okay, I think you need to do a bit more exercise. Don't, be, don't bring your personal life into the podcast, please. I know you're having troubles at home.
2: Well, we're all super feisty on an Easter Sunday morning, aren't we? A little too much excitement with the chocolate? <laughs>
0: no, we've, we've done a bit of an Easter hunt. We're lucky enough to have many... I was going to say dominions, but dominations – no, dominations. What am I trying to say? We've got lots of different religiouses throughout our religions, throughout our – Denominations. Thank you. I've been playing a couple of video games recently and there has been dominions that I've been fighting. So denominations. There's a lot of religious. So we actually got a whole fortnight of – every basic religion t- 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 ticked off with someone of our immediate family or extended family or close friends. So this is a real period for us where we go through basically every sort of religious um, iteration that you can go through. Lana, what are we up to today? We're on Easter Sunday.
1: Yes, today's the Catholic. We've had the Jewish. We move into the Greek.
0: Yep, Orthodox. Yep, don't Orthodox. want to forget the Russians.
1: Of course. Um, so it's a lovely few weeks for us usually. Yeah. Now we do it all via Zoom.
0: And just to know that it's in the end of the day, it's all about chocolate eggs. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of chocolate eggs, we were um, chatting to a very close friend yesterday because what else do you do when you're stuck in isolation apart from um, video chat and a lot of people and talk about things? And we're rapidly running out of topics because you know not used to communicating so much. But we're talking about actually, this is you know the opportunity of our lifetime to have a sustained. Period of time where we can focus on getting stuff done. And then we got to the end of that little discussion. It was like, but it's so tiring, just <laughs> so tiring to do more things thinking about the future. And i and it got Alana and I talking here about what do you do? How do you keep going when you actually become tired? Because it's not really something that we're not used to, as you know, anytime we've built businesses, you. Pretty much spending seventy percent of your time in exhaustion. Would that be fair to say, Lana?
1: Living the dream. <laughs>
0: but there are periods in where you get obviously have to do a lot of work yeah. and you're running multiple jobs. And I think more. So it's not just tiring physically to to do the hours you need to put in, but it's actually tiring because you're if you've got your business structured right, your job's pretty much um, solving problems from morning to night. So there's no real.
1: Y- you mentally are switched on. Every yeah. time you, you dream about it. So when people talk yeah. about that they dream about work, well, business owners dream about work constantly because it's the thinking, it's strategizing, it's implementation, it's everything that could go wrong or everything that could go right. And his point, our friend, was that he used to have a moment where every morning between 9 and 11 no one could come in to his office so that he could do the work that he needed to do ...because the rest of his day was putting out fires... ...helping people change their strategy.
0: That's so funny. I was thinking of another friend we spoke to yesterday... ...but both of them work in the same (laughs) (laughs) same context. But absolutely right. But I think a lot of us um, who are in the midst of growing companies... ...or if this is your first time... ...you might notice that why do I always feel like there's always another problem? Because that's essentially what a business is... ...is solving problems and then getting paid for solving problems for people. But as the leader... ...you pretty much just get used to that if I'm doing the right thing... ...eventually I'll have people to help solve problems... ...but all I ever get is the bigger problems. Mm. So you're never not going to have problems.
1: No. One of my favourite quotes actually... ...and I believe believe it's from Anna Wintour... ...is my job is to make the decision and make sure I'm clearly understood. That's why she's the leader. Because everyone can come to her with all the problems... ...even if they've gone to someone else, if no one can make the decision... Or the solution. That's when they come to her.
0: Yeah, which is I think when people are at the very top of their game or the top of the tree in an industry, you can see that. Uh, as I said, a really good friend of mine, um, a mentor, said this, and he was a highly successful guy. And he said something very. He's sort of on that same, you know, Anna Winter type level, where they're, you know top performers in the world. And he was saying the same thing, which was, um, "There's never been a great CEO. You've only seen a figurehead of a great team." Um, supporting the CEO and that's the whole thing of it's exhausting but it becomes less and less exhausting the more you bring in good people or elevate people into your core team and then obviously get rid of people who aren't part of the core team because that's a natural byproduct of growing an SME that you're going to outgrow some people in, in the business and I think what we're talking about Lana is what do you do though when you're in the midst of it you're not quite Anna Wintour, you said it with a very nice inflection there to (laughs) sound a bit more sophisticated. But when you're not at that level and you're growing these businesses up and we've only had moderately sized businesses, not to the sort of hundred million dollar level that these guys, hundred millions of dollars level these guys are playing at but there are times when you just have to be exhausted. I assume uh, we don't have a kid but it's the same thing. Even when you're exhausted having a kid, you've still got to feed it and do the right things and do that. It's the same with the business which is – so for you, what are the things that you've used in the past to sort of jump those humps where it's well past exhaustion, it's more around, my God, I just want to crawl into a ball and cry <laughs> in the corner?
1: Um, absolutely. So I think the – ...best example that I can share was when we were building up one of our businesses for sale. We had very, I'll say lofty KPIs that we had to achieve and obviously we did
0: because... I like to call them just KPIs.
1: how we roll. Um, But I would come home every night and pretty much crawl into a ball. I would spend the weekend lying in bed because I was so exhausted. So that was the outcome of being exhausted. However... Because I was the leader during working hours I had no choice. I actually had to keep pushing and working and driving people to get to where we needed to get to and it sounds really silly but I would always pick the hardest thing that I did not want to do and I would do it. Mm-hmm. And you, During the day or at night? The, during the day. Okay. During the day. And I would do that first thing in the morning... ...and it wouldn't matter if it was a document... ...if it was a sales call... ...if it was an awkward discussion, whatever it was... ...every day I would pick that one thing that I did not want to do... ...and that would mean that for the rest of the day... ...everything in comparison seemed really easy. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't change my exhaustion at all... ...because when you're exhausted and when you're feeling this way... ...that's what you're feeling... But it would just be that weight off your shoulders so instead of being exhausted and thinking of this thing that you had to do, you'd already done it. So the yep. rest of the day was a bit more mentally clear.
0: Yeah, and I think it's something particularly I've not been struggling with or i made a conscious choice of um, in the last few months is a lot of the work I'm doing in the office at the moment is getting everyone performing at their best whereas I'm doing a lot of the thinking work that I should be doing 24-7 is being done at night. So uh, the rest of the people in our company are exposed to, oh, Tim doesn't seem to have too much he's doing. He can walk around, he have discussions, he's helping people out. And then as soon as we get home, the actual work starts. And it's that whole thing of understanding how to best get through these periods by setting what works for you the best. It doesn't necessarily need to be traditional. So for you particularly it well, was as long as I knock off a big thing um, during the day, the rest of it at least you know that you're progressing in some way because you can look back and see all the things starting to yeah. be ticked off.
1: And also when you see the people around you struggling, you need to know that as a leader if you can drive forward and you, they get to see the progression. So they get to see that sale coming in, that client being happy, um, a system or a process changing. As long as they can see that physical outcome, they also end up being driven forward. Whether or not they admit it, is another thing but you do actually see the work rate of those lifting around you the more that you can keep your work rate going if they're the sorts of people who drive forward.
0: Yeah and I think um, particularly with people I mean a lot of we've come from an environment where it's been very competitive to get great people to work for you especially in the SME space because it's been such a um, I guess a period of how would you say, we're a, st- a stable period of work where basically employment's been down, particularly in our country, but employment's been down and people have choice. Yes. We're not heading into that. Unemployment's time. been yeah. down. Sorry, unemployment's been down and we're not heading into that anymore. So a lot of there's been, a, I think, a uh, employee-driven environment, which has been for a long time, which should be, by the way. I'm not talking about rights and responsibilities, but now we're talking a little bit more around responsibilities where People have expected or want to be part of a company moving somewhere. If you've got a great culture, you know people want to move. Not all cultures like that because of more established businesses. People just want a stable job; they're happy in a good environment. But in SMEs, we've got an environment where we're pr- trying to grow, or we're going to die. Basically, so the people you want on board with an SME during a growth phase need to be highly driven. So they need to be motivated by progression. Yes, or we feel anyway.
1: Yes. They need to be the sorts of people from my point of view who if they have an idea, they're the ones driving it forward. Yep. If they want to see change or if they bring up something that could be better, they don't just bring it up and leave it on the table and then you know, two months later bitch about the fact it hasn't been done. They're the sorts of people who genuinely take responsibility for it and help for it to be implemented. They're the sorts of people that I, I'd love to surround myself with personally because that's, that's how a business grows.
0: Yeah, and we've been talking about, you know, we say in our companies, you need to know your rights and your responsibilities. It's not a one-way street. So every person that works in any one of our companies, you have to be extremely clear on what your rights are as an employee and then we make it extremely clear what are your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it would be fair to say that both of us don't tolerate fools lightly and we don't tolerate people who um, want to be big wigs but don't perform because there's a lot of people who love the cocoon of feeling around successful people or people driven and feel they're equally uh, uh, should be playing in a certain area in your company or should have more rights around decisions of the company but actually don't have a track record yet and you've got to be really careful as an owner of an SME going you give people a shot and now their performance dictates whether they progress in your company. There's no right for just because someone's been there for a matter of time, they don't get to naturally step up.
1: And you can see it in their performance. If they have an idea or a concept or an opinion, if they drive it forward and they make sure that it happens, that's the winner. That's the high performer. It's not the person who says here's my opinion and almost microphone drop and walk off. Um, And I know Nigel always used to mention that um, one of our biggest faults was making people... Uh, ...think that their talents were bigger than they were?
0: <laughs> yeah, so you give people way too much um, uh, what we'd say safety nets... Mm. ...and because you give them so much safety nets... ...or you protect them from the problem solving you've had to make... ...because they've left gaps... ...they haven't actually been exposed to the elements. So they get this opinion of I'm really good performer but... The, the fact of the matter is, and this is, by the way, a fault of ours. I, I take yeah. this back and look at it as a fault as out because if, unless, unless you get people, yeah, I know you agree, but I, it's that thing of unless people take a few cuts, um, they why wouldn't you have an opinion that I'm a top performer when you've not had the consequences of screwing it up?
2: I've said it you before and I will say it again. I agree 100%. Um, it's that, it feeds into that sense of entitlement. Because I, I would like to know that if I make a decision, I want to know the consequences at the other end so that I can make an informed decision again next time. But by protecting the people below you from the actual consequences, that just gives a false sense of who you are. And then you just make bolder and bolder decisions without realising the consequences that lie behind them. Yeah,
0: totally. And I think I think where we um, you need to think about it as an SME is while people must – from the leader of the company must be told or must be shown the consequence or they understand the impact on the company. What you're also looking for is people that self-drive and self-set KPIs on top of what they traditionally do. So you've got people who do their job, that's wonderful. You've done your job. Now what has been the outcome that you've done because you're a top performer? Because what we're trying to do is constantly feel out who are the people that should be brought forward and who are the people that have probably hit their limit of who they are in an organisation? It sounds pretty harsh because a lot of these things aren't spoken about publicly because you can imagine that if you say that to a whole bunch of employees, they're going to go, but I've been here ages, I'm very loyal. And go, But loyalty is only one part of you know evaluating who you are. At the end of the day, unless you're taking pressure off the leaders of the company or unless you're progressing the company in a way that someone else can't, your value is limited. And it's a really harsh reality. And it's where I think a lot of SMEs get it wrong because they fill the, the company with people who are really good and loyal people. And then no one wants to tread on each other's toes. So everything becomes almost stagnant because, you know, you put us in those type of companies, and go, whoa, why are you pushing everyone? That's not the way Janine does that. It's not how Graham does that. It's not how Bob does that. Or, you know, that's not their role. That's, you know, he's been doing that for 10 years. I go, that's why we're here after 10 years because we need change. And things need to move and I, I think it's it's understanding that because we need to tie it back to why we feel so tired running a company. And it's a lot of the, the experiences we've had with other companies and particularly with client companies we've been working with is because in so many of the positions that should be holding a, um, I guess a heavier load in the whole organisation, if you take 20% off four or five areas in your business and you're holding that extra weight, you're exhausted because you're thinking about way too many things, you're having to fill gaps in way too many areas and that is exhausting and that's when you have to know I need to relook at upgrading the team, the way we do things, the systems and processes, whatever it is. But that's where I find most of the exhaustion comes with is because we've allowed so many people to be okay, not great in key areas.
2: But let's also layer on these corona-specific times as well because all of those – types of conversations that you would normally have face to face they're now taking place over this the zoom or whatever medium you're using that requires an even greater level of energy because you're losing one of those normal communication points that you would have so that energy that you have in a room you're not able to rely on that to get your message across you're having to work harder through every meeting as well to still get that same message across so that's putting another layer of exhaustion on top
0: do you think people have to work harder for that
2: Yeah, most definitely. Because if you look at um, taking it back to, as I always do, um, stand-up and sport, those kind of things, if you watch a comedy special, let's use um, Kevin Hart because we both went to see him live and then we've seen him on um, his specials that he films. That live performance has a completely different feel to it and is much funnier even though the tape specials before that they don't carry the same impact. So you you're losing one of those connection points that you'd normally have.
0: Yeah. I because I, I, I agree. I think it the change of environment or the change in communication style creates another level of um exhaustion for people because we're having to adjust to a new a new factor as as I think you're as you're alluding to, which is as soon as you've got a, a medium change, the the impact's completely different. So you have to be sensitive yeah. to you know, how you now communicate because we've we used to be able to go, hey, have you got a minute? Have you got this? We don't have all those little bits in beh- in in between, I guess, normal communication, which is part of an office environment. And this is the adjustment period where I think you're right where there's a lot um, slipping through the cracks because you don't realize how many conversations you overhear in an office environment, how many times you grab people over the water cooler type thing. Now, I'm saying a lot of these things because traditionally in our offices, we don't like just a minute meetings and things breaking out it's poor performance but the average business still obviously runs like that and speaking over these you know in these new communication it's I guess also re-communicating to people and setting a new precedent is this is not the time to be precious so we've had through clients and friends and all that people saying oh this is that person upset or is that doing this or I had a friend the other day who was like hey, how do you read this? I go, I wouldn't read it like that. I would ring them and say, hey, what do you think of this? Because you can't be precious when so much is changing because it causes an emotional um, exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some of the things you have to reset as, as a leader of your company, suppliers, clients, employees, whatever it is, you actually need to work out how to get your message through because you don't have any excess energy to be spending on trying to dissect the way an email may have been written or a SMS or a you know instant message or whatever it is. And these are the little things that if you had your culture probably humming a little bit better, you're not sensitive to that because everyone's goal is to communicate well, not be sensitive to the way it's communicated. I'm not talking about being a rude prick, by the way. That's not <laughs> it's not acceptable. I'm not talking about bullying. I'm not talking about You know, the classic one is that person in the company. Well, that's just the way I communicate. Well, you're just a moron then because the idea is to get a good outcome, not to be right. And it's it's having a few of those things and having a few of the discussions as the leader around, hey, there's a new way of operating at the moment. We all know that. There's going to be missteps here and there because we're learning something new. But seeing the people who can adjust quickly and then seeing the ones that can't, it's been very, very much an eye-opener for, I think, i speak for myself, but Lana, you've seen that as well.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> – everything comes back to communication. If you can communicate effectively, that also means how you receive communication. If you get offended by every email that comes across your desk or every phone call that you have, you're the problem. Yeah. Simple as that. Either you're being offended by it, which as a side note, is also a sign that you're probably a bit tired, but also have you not set the relationship correctly with this person? Have you not taken the steps so that you are understanding what they mean effectively? All these little things that comes back to as a good leader, change what you can. Be in charge of what you can manage and if you don't like it, figure out a way to fix it.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people will have their backs up now be going you don't understand, that's not the way it happens and this and that. And you might have people who can get that but if I said that to my people, they'd be offended. i go that's exactly right, that's why you're the leader you are because you've got an environment where – ...change and agility is needed mm-hmm. that you can't even get to that conversation... ...without stepping on toes. You have a problem.
1: Yeah. Time and to reset. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's, it, it's exactly that. And there's, it doesn't matter how you cut it. Because at the end of the day, are you getting the result you want? Not, you know, the actual outcome of the business... ...but from a communication of the team, are you getting what you want? If the answer is no, you're the problem. Yeah. So fix it.
1: Yeah. And another one of my favourite quotes... You're entitled to your own opinions, you are not entitled to your own facts. If someone is constantly having opinions, that's fine, let them. But if they're not fully informed, if they're not taking the steps to become fully informed, if they're not part of the solution, enjoy your opinions because the facts are for those people who are taking action.
0: Yeah, listen, and if you're someone working for someone in here just to take that, let me give you a a career advancement tip. If you're someone who has a lot of opinions and you're actioning nothing in your organisation you are a poor performer and a poor player in the team and you just have no idea what a top performer performs like. So wake up, this is a wake up call because we I know a lot of people and we know a lot of people in both owning businesses, working high performing people and the ones that are killing it because they have an opinion, they're generally highly opinionated but then they can't let it rest till it's done and they don't take responsibility that it's someone else's problem because they happen to identify it with their amazing view of the world. You've got these people who sit around going, oh, it's so obvious, why don't they just do that and go, well, why don't you? Well, w- 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 exactly, because the value is in the person who can execute, not the person who happens to see it. Mm-hmm. Particularly in SMEs, there's so many people who think that they're smart because they see a problem after it's occurred. The geniuses see it before it occurs by the way. When you see it sitting there and being observer, you're the person at a professional sporting event sitting in the crowd eating a hot dog and having a beer while the players are actually playing. Guess what? The player missed that three-pointer because there's other factors that aren't even in your universe. The same with running a business. You're not even the same universe that they're playing. So you have to understand that if you want to play that game, if you see something, then how are you going to deal with it? Because if you're that person, Mm. you become ultimately valuable. They're the people that end up being partners, shareholders, all these sort of things because they're so rare. Mm. So rare to be able to take that pressure off the owner and, you know, as I said, making them less tired.
1: (laughs) And I often get asked what makes a good client and the thing that I'm not always allowed to say but the truth is it's the client who when they have an opinion they listen to the facts from the agency who are the professionals because they can have an opinion on how things should work but the facts are here's how, you know, digital advertising works or here's our experience over the last ten years or here is the system that we have built in Philodemo and we know that this system works and if you follow this system you will do well. And so it's not just internal team members, if any clients are listening. Um, It's also you in terms of the relationship that you have with suppliers in a B2B sense. If you've got professionals that you're working with in any, I guess, manner, ask them for the facts because that way your opinion becomes much more informed and becomes closer to not only your view of the world but also the view of the specialty.
0: Yeah, and and a lot of SMEs, particularly suppliers, will go, but Lana, you know… If I'm always the one solving the problem, we can't make any money because, you know, when I'm working with someone and then they always want changes or they always want this or this, that's not what we're talking about at all. What we're talking about is how do you deal with these things in a way that communication's awesome, execution's awesome, and you deliver results. If you get to a point where you find that someone can't work in that world with you, then why have you got them as a client or supplier? Get rid of them. Yeah. Sack them. Move on. And if you go, but I need their money, you go, great, so it's actually your problem again. Correct. And these are the things that the problem is it always comes back to the one thing, you.
1: You. Your ability c- yeah. to communicate because with that, and I can give you again the example of digital, if we are disagreed with, which is absolutely allowed by the client, we've voiced our opinion, they've decided to go against it, we run it while measuring all of the data and keeping them informed every step of the way so they can see you can pivot away from this path that you're going down because here's what's currently happening and if you go towards our recommendation, here is what the data will show you. So you can still change but that's how you can, I guess, disagree with the facts and how you can go back onto the facts track.
0: Totally. I think it's the same thing when people come up, um, you know, for people who are looking for promotion in a company or people who are looking for pay rises, go, great, how would we cope without you? Could we actually have you at a lower rate? Are you overpaid? What else are you bringing to the table to want to step up in both pay grade and promotion? Because a lot of people are from that old mindset of you do your time somewhere and that gives you the natural um, promotion space which is a very corporate way of looking at things. That person's been there, they're next in line for a pay grade uh, increase. It's not the same in SMEs. It's are you getting better as an employee to justify an extra pay grade or are you, are you producing something that's adding more value? Are you actually creating more money for your business? If the answer, it's, it's a different world and I don't think um, people get that a lot of the time.
1: And I do hope anyone listening to this isn't seeing this as a negative is no. that hopefully you listen to it and say, well, hell yeah, I am adding value. I am taking action. When I have ideas and opinion, I am the one who makes sure that it gets followed through and I take responsibility all of my decisions and how I work yeah. with the company. If you think that that might not be you, and you might be getting a little bit, I guess miffed at whatever you might be hearing now, talk to your leaders, because they want you to win. If you win, they win.
0: Yeah, and let me give you. Let me fast track that for you so you can take the side door instead. What's the goal of your position? What would make your company fall over themselves because you've achieved it? And then who do you think is responsible for that and what are you waiting from from them? If you're waiting on someone else big for you to do your job right, I would leave the company or I would just do it. Because we're talking about being tired around, you just heard around the owners of a company. They've already got a thousand things to think of. And if you're, it's the old saying, if, you're, if your goals require someone else, it's a pretty poor goal. It's what can you do to get yourself there and any time you can't get what you want, how do you make that part happen? Because particularly in this time, you know, moving forward, companies are going to need people who are self-driven and wanting to take the bull by the horns, so to speak. And I think in the in the past that's been something, as I said, just from the environment we've been in, the economic environment. It's we've sort of allowed it to be a bit sloppy, I think, as as generally in SMEs, because you've seen the big changes that have happened and SMEs are getting wiped out because They're just not running the same way. Some people, by the way, it's been horrible timing, industry specific, so there's nothing you can do to combat that. But others deep down know that they're very sloppy behind the scenes and that's what's creating so much exhaustion because now there's a thousand things to think about all at once and that becomes so overwhelming and when we have these periods where we're isolated, where do you even... Concentrate on first without just feeling like you're almost comatose because your brain's in this infinite loop. Yeah. So, what do we do? We're feeling, <laughs> um, if we're feeling tired and we want to still progress or we want to take some time and we want to push our companies forward, what would you do right now, Lana?
1: Oh, look, the reality is you have no real f- choice, so do it. Keep moving yep. forward. That's not particularly helpful but that's also a really nice thing to know. You're not alone but you also don't have a choice so keep going. Beyond that, it sounds so simple but your list, you write a list and you prioritise what is on that list and you know, I know that we've got Tim's hit list which is about oh, 250 items of things that Tim wants better in everything. yep Businesses, personal, whatever it is. And we prioritise that and there are six to seven priorities and if a new topic or item comes onto the list, it gets added and is it a priority, it gets moved up and when the priorities currently there, gets moved down. Yep. And you just keep rolling it through and it sounds so simple but I promise you if you bring the team into it or uh, allies in whatever form they are, the list will shrink and you will get so much more done and everyone around you will be buoyed by the fact that progression is coming.
0: And also people can then see something on the list that they can potentially go, I can do that. Mm. If people understand what's outstanding, you know, make it easy for people to perform in your company. I know I was just on a huge rant around how people should step up and perform. But not everyone has got that muscle formed yet. Some people will develop it, some will never develop it. But if at least they've got something that they can grab and try, Mm. that's still a great person. And Amazing. that's still someone just who's, who you want around because it's not, because some people just don't have the ability to play the role of top performer. And you don't want a company just full of top performers. There are people who are just soldiers. There are people who just do work and want to repeat the work and are, are worth their weight in gold. But if you're feeling exhausted as the leader of the company, you also need people to take things off you. And that's that whole thing who can take things off you right now? And even if they're not, Done as well as you could do. It doesn't matter. At least they're getting done.
1: And what's the first step of that? Communication.
0: <laughs> Back to communication. Who would have thought mm-hmm. it's useful?
1: <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Yeah,
0: maybe. Or maybe it's not. Everything's going to turn into bots.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I would do.
0: Well, that's that's good advice. What about you, Nigel?
2: Uh, you're asking the wrong person. Uh, I <laughs> tiredness uh, isn't an issue. Essentially I don't
0: accept tiredness. Yeah, okay. Now, um, when you're not at the gym and you're not you're not doing that, no. but you you're someone who's got a very high output and you're a very much a um, how do I describe for those who don't know, like for those who don't know Nigel, he's not gonna let you he's not gonna let you down. So if he says he's gonna do something, there's no chance he's gonna let you down. And it could be the cost of everything else in his life. Great guy, <laughs> Great guy, and we've had to temper some of the other things to make sure he doesn't lose everything else in his life because of his blind loyalty. So it's an unfair, but it's an unfair, a person to ask. But I want to, I want to say for this for you, Nigel, no, which okay. is, uh, without the without the rhetoric of okay, you, uh, you would do whatever it takes, but just talk about someone there who's you still have to grind it out when you're exhausted. And you probably spend more time exhausted grinding it out. So where I'm defaulting to you as an expert is, hey, here's a guy that's always exhausted and he's growing a family and he's doing all this. Plus he's got this huge output. What makes you consistent?
2: Um, I would say whether you own the company or not, whether you are the leader of the company or not, treat everything and your position in it as if you did own it and as if it was riding on your efforts solely. Because if it's on you... You're going
0: to upset a lot of people like that, Nigel, because all the low performers are going, but I don't get paid for that.
2: You've just- it anyway. doesn't matter. Yeah, this is why they're, they're them and you're you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think everyone in some... Let's talk about people who like what they do and are, and are part of a good company. Everyone has pride in what they are doing. Everyone wants to do the best. But that limitation, like I just, I've never, as I've become an adult, and that happened way later than my biological age, um, money's never been the driver in the business. It's always, because I've always worked with friends. So it's always, I'm looking after something for somebody that's cared that I care for, that has trusted me to do this. I do not want to let them down. Because if I'm letting them down, I'm letting myself down because my highest value is friends and family.
0: Yep. So you're talking about really understanding from a hierarchy, a personal hierarchy of what drives you. Because if Nigel was, hey Nigel, I give you an extra hundred bucks to do this. It actually, if not insult him, would be not even something that aligns to who you are. What you really need to understand is what what is your driving, you know, th- that driving mechanism behind the way you operate. Because I'm the same, I used to think mine was very money driven and then it's like, oh, I'm not actually getting the highest, um, not appreciation, but I'm not getting the highest uh, enjoyment out of just being money focused because then you realize you actually want to build something of quality. And it's that whole thing, unless you work that out, it becomes a very difficult battle to get it up when you're actually not so motivated by the outcome you think you're aiming for.
2: But Even going back to like you're talking about um, promotions and people getting uh, pay bumps and those kind of things. I don't know a business owner, even if the outcomes weren't exactly what they wanted, but if they saw an employee that was treating their business like their own and putting every bit into it, then I'm going to do whatever I can for that employee to facilitate them to earn more or learn more in that area.
0: Andrew, you couldn't be more on it. and This is a a thing that not a lot of people say and I I don't think it's legally why they don't say but it's more around if you're an owner, you're desperate to keep people around that you trust and that work well and you'll find every way because they're so few and far between. The thing that most people don't get is we'll always be upset by losing someone in our organisation and we always hope them the best but unless there's someone who... Really is taking a lot of pressure off you, or doing something that they can't. As much as you care, it's like whatever. And it's not. It's not. I don't want to sound bad because everyone's special. Everyone's special. Everyone's going through their own life. Everyone's, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know because I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not. Yeah, I'm as you guys know. I'm a. I wouldn't call myself a hard ass. You know, at all. In fact, we probably do the opposite. Is care for people. We should probably move along faster in many companies, or we have for years. We should have made those decisions. So we're probably. It's a weakness of ours, but at the end of the day, I know the people that I've been desperate to keep, and that's how you 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 keep them, and you, that's where your focus. If you have to decide between two people and one is, I either lose this person, but I get to give a pay bump to someone else. That's a pretty easy decision. Yes, there'll be a bit of short term pain and replacing them and doing all that, but when you've been doing it long enough, it's not really pain. It's almost refreshing. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna come back and, and round this out because where I'm sure if you're sitting at home, your attention spans have probably dropped. But I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I think for me, when I feel overwhelmed, being the owner of the company, it generally for two things. One, I'm getting overwhelmed by the opportunity, so I'm looking at. I'm at the moment. I'm so nervous about missing the opportunity of what we could do in this period of time, and like I have trouble switching off for a day. And I get it, all the hustle out there, hashtag hustle, hashtag kill yourself in business, hashtag whatever it is to, you know, you've got to work till you grind to the bone. Yeah, I think when you get a bit older you realize that yeah, you can get there faster by sharpening your saw more regularly. But at the moment there's so much happening at the world that I'm finding my brain's lighting up like, you know, just every cortex is on fire because you can see exactly what's going to happen and where there may be opportunities and how to get to those opportunities when you're limited by physical space and, and movements. And to me it's a bit different Is I'm really struggling to sleep at the moment and not because of the core business. Core business is going to be the core business but actually looking around and going, wow, there's so much opportunities. to Not only to be f- successful in business in this next you know decade but also to help people. There's a real opportunity to help others and how can we do that in not a poxy – poor way, just you know, how do I not be another ebook to help people read through how they can fix their business? So actually working out how to better contribute without going too quickly before we um see where this knife lands, so to speak.
2: Sorry, just on that, buddy, um I think in that tiredness kind of thing, just walking up working it back around to actionable things that they can do. Knowing the people around you and knowing where they're spending their energy is a big part of that because you're spending your energy thinking about all of the possibilities that could happen from this and all the opportunities. If I then waste my time doing that, that is just making me tired for no outcome whatsoever because I can't affect that. So if I know you've got that, then I go, sweet, what can I put my energy into now to help facilitate that? Not everyone blue skying at the same time.
0: Unless you're the owner of the company and you're getting paid for that. And if you're not getting paid for that, it's the owner's um, and Lana and I will attest to that, the, the owner will come and say, we're running a think tank, we're running an innovation session, we're doing something like that. Your job is to do your job better now because we've got higher stakes being played. So you actually have to be more valuable right now in your company than you are because there's going to be changes and not just in the economy, the environment, but there's going to be changes. So if you're if you're the person who's not paid to do the blue sky thinking, then maybe you should suggest that we should run an innovation session with the company because that's okay you can still contribute like that but if you're doing more of that thinking than the actual work that you have to do and that's not being executed you're, you're starting to become a problem and that's what's causing more stress for the whole organization because people who are defending the western front the eastern front the southern you know <laughs> the southern area if you're not doing your job, that's creating more. I'm sorry. sorry. Is that? Your knowledge of history <laughs> fell down halfway through that sentence. <laughs> do, do you know what my brain actually said? It was like Eastern Front, Western Front. Is Southern can be a front. because Southern's backwards, isn't it? <laughs> I
1: think we're going to wrap up, my friend. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to finish my point. Yep. If you're a leader, if you're feeling overwhelmed, take stop. Is everyone doing their job? Check. If everyone's doing their job, can you get any further contribution from them or where do you need help? Ask. And if people aren't doing their job, support them because it's different and so we, that's part of our job of getting people through these periods that aren't used to destabilize, destabilization or disruption and then focus on a couple of things. Pick your highest priorities and attack them first because if you're overwhelmed, that means there's too much on your mind and you're not executing on anything and that's not good because you just stay there. So pick something and kill it. Agree. Team, good chat. Glad you're all keeping safe and well. Um, we'll see you all again tomorrow. See ya. <laughs> Bye.